Welcome to Marketing Legends, a program within the WVU Marketing Communications Today podcast series. Marketing Legends features marketing thinkers, innovators, practitioners, and founders, legends of the marketing world, who join co-hosts Cindy Greenglass and Ruth Stevens to talk about their careers and share their wisdom with the marketers of today. Thank you for joining us. Cindy, thank you for recommending Susan Krill. What a legendary figure in the world of direct marketing. She's led major direct marketing agencies in the Midwest for many decades, and she's had large enterprise clients in B2B and consumer markets. She was head of JWT, J. Walter Thompson Direct, and now she has her own firm, Prill and Company Inc. And one of the even greater things about Susan is the dedication she's given to the industry. She's served as president and on the boards of countless advertising and direct marketing professional associations. And Cindy, I know you were president of CADM, the Chicago Association of Direct Marketing. Well, Susan was three times president of CADM, Mm -hmm. and they even created an award in her name for others, the Susan Krill Silver Marketer of the Year Award. What an honor. And it recognizes her career dedication, her leadership, and her mentoring skills. So Mm -hmm. we are so lucky to have a chance to learn from her today. Let's let's invite her in to talk with us in this episode of Marketing Legends, shall we? Absolutely. Welcome, Susan Krill. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you both so much for inviting me today. We're thrilled to have you and to hear all about your journey um, and sharing it with our listeners. Uh, you know, Susan, We understand you were born and educated in the UK, uh, but tell us what brought you to the US and a little bit about your journey. Yes, of course, I'd love to share. Um, Yes, I was was, uh, basically uh, uh, spent my uh, formative years in the UK, but uh, since my father started several newspapers in West Africa, specifically in Ashanti, in what, in what was then the Gold Coast, and then in Accra, in Ghana, and uh, same country, different name, and then uh, was there working in several different capacities. I spent most of my school years going back and forth um, between England and somewhere in West Africa to spend uh, school holidays with them. And uh, actually... Uh, my father went back uh, after I had completed my education, and I went back to Accra and lived there for a year. Uh, so that was a wonderful experience. Wow. So then I, when I was back in England, I, I decided there, I, I worked in England for about a year, and decided that, uh, that it was time to find a place where the glass ceiling wasn't as low as ah, it was. Oh. In fact, is still a little in the UK. And so after doing a lot of research on where I thought I might try, I 
picked U.S. and Chicago, and here I am. Wow. So how did you land in direct marketing of all fields? Uh, well, I met Maxwell Srogue, um through an a, a, a associate, and he was just starting his company. Uh, he, had been a, uh, he had been in direct marketing for a long time. He and uh, Bob Kestenbaum started uh, the direct division of Bell & Howell oh. um, back years ago. And um, so he started his own agency, and I joined him. And I worked with him, and uh, I couldn't have found anybody better to have taught me direct marketing. Oh, how nice. Wow. But we're so fortunate because over the years, you have also become, as Ruth mentioned, a, a mentor for so many um, in the field and in direct marketing. And 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 those um, who have the opportunity to have met you um, recognize you everywhere you go. You know, um, although we're doing audio um, only, Susan is um, iconically recognized for her beautiful silver hair. And um, that's why they named it the Silver Award. Oh, um, really? <laughs> I love that. And so if you were anywhere in Chicago in the direct marketing community in the, in a giant hall of thousands of people, you would see Susan. Could Grill. find Susan. You know, yes, you could always <laughs> see Susan. Um, and so, you know, those of us in the indirect marketing have known you for that. But um, can we, I'd like to ask you to comment on, you know, Ruth and I are, direct marketers at heart and and, and passionate about um, that um, part of the industry. Uh, but could you comment on, you know, all marketing is direct marketing and, you know, what do you mean by that? And, you know, direct marketing lost the battle, but won the war. Do you believe that? Or are we just preaching to our, to the choir <laughs> here? Well, um, I, I'm not, I don't know that everybody knows that all marketing is direct marketing. Um, when I first joined uh, J. Walt Thompson um, in, I think it was 1982 or three, um, one of the, one of the, the jobs that I had, uh, those of you who are familiar with J. Uh, Walt Thompson know that they are a, a brand marketing and creative agency. Um, I needed to, to communicate uh, to them how direct marketing integrated with their brand strategies. And that actually um, was not an easy job because they're a big agency, they're established in their ways, and uh, um, actually it ended up being um, by demonstration that we that we managed it. Um, I would say though that uh, over the years, direct marketing has become much more mainstream. Those of us, like the two of you and me, who've been doing direct marketing for years, uh, and of course understand the fine points of the business which sometimes are lost in translation when they get into the mass marketing arena. But I think if you, if you think about it, most people, people are actually working on building databases for their businesses. And so even though, as I said, even though it has become 
ubiquitous in, with some of the techniques. We who have specialized it over the, over the years, I think, are more sensitive to um, some of its finer points. Hmm. Yeah, and these days, with the digital channels being so prominent, we're noticing, Cindy and I talk about this all the time, that the applications of uh, in digital marketing appear to all be direct marketing based, meaning they uh, advertisers and marketers are measuring their results based on responses. And they're collecting data about the responses, analyzing that data and developing additional upsell and cross-sell strategies the same way database marketers have done for decades. So that's why we've come up with the, the thought that we lost the battle of the brands, but we won the war of marketing. How, how would you react to that proposition? I, I, think, I think you're right. I think we, that, we, that uh, we have won the war. Um, and particularly recently, because the pandemic has affected the way that everybody does business. We know that retail uh, has suffered badly through the years that we've been in lockdown. And, and uh, um, so over the last four years, people haven't been going into retail stores in the way that they used to. Now, this trend has happened was underway before, but it was accelerated with the pandemic. And so those who have, haven't really applied direct marketing principles had to turn to technology and the internet in order to maintain their business. And so that actually has helped move the direct, a lot of the direct marketing strategies into the mainstream. Ah, that makes good sense, Susan. Yes, thanks for sharing that. Uh, you mentioned um, that you joined uh, J. Walter Thompson, uh, JWT directed, we're running that and, and, and you mentioned you know, early 80s. Um, I think we're all fascinated with what was advertising and the agency business like back then. And uh, share with us, you know, an anecdote of what it was like and, and, and maybe um, how you think it has changed over the years. Well, as I mentioned earlier, when I, first of all, when I joined J, uh, JWT Direct, I was, uh, I think, the, the, I, first of all, I know I was the first woman that they hired as a senior vice president. Wow. There were a couple of other senior vice president women in the, in the um, Chicago office, notably Marion, Marion Howington, who most people in advertising know her name, and uh, a couple of other women there. So, again, I was coming into a brand marketing agency to bring them the direct marketing uh, specialty that they didn't have on staff. And if you think about it, um, you people like Ogilvy had been offering this for a long time and has always been very strong with their direct marketing capabilities. Uh, David, was a, David Ogilvy was a great believer in direct marketing principles and strategies, and he brought them to his uh, to his brand agency, but unfortunately, uh, Susan Krill doesn't exactly have the same uh, 
uh, ring to it as David Ogilvy. <laughs> and so I it wouldn't was, say that. <laughs> I would. But um, <laughs> seriously, it was a it was a bit of a, an uphill battle. And the the practices in 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 general advertising were not dissimilar from from what we know, but but uh, the whole response uh, um, aspect of direct marketing wasn't in their vocabulary per se. They they, they had obviously got sales goals and and uh, um, other goals that they were working with. But our goals are very, very specific. We need, in order to make the money that we're spending uh, in on our advertising, we need to generate X number of sales or X number of customers for our clients. And that is our goal. But they are not working with those kind of specifics. Generating, I think it was Sam Wanamaker, wasn't it, that said, uh, I'm spending, how much, help me one of you, please. I'm sure you remember that. That quote yes. about 50% of my advertising budget is being wasted and 50% is working, but I just don't know which 50% is which. <laughs> Something and like so that. You, <laughs> that's right, Cindy. Thank you. So, so you've just summarized the difference between what we were doing and what the what a brand agency was doing. So, mm-hmm. so given that background, Susan, what challenges do you see marketers and marketing as a discipline facing today? Well, the I'm afraid I'm going back to the pandemic again, because there's absolutely no question about the fact that since the beginning of, of well, towards the end of 2019 and the beginning of 2020, um, Everybody in the marketing business, no matter what your discipline, no matter what your medium, have had to adjust to the changing uh, situation in the consumer marketing. And I would say that the result is that the entire business has become a lot more volatile. You don't know your consumers the way that you thought you did unless you've done your homework properly and their, their habits, you know, we are all creatures of great habit. And once they've changed their habits during the pandemic, it's very hard to get them back to their previous habits. And quite frankly, we can't do anything about it. We have to do, we have to market to our uh, customers the way they want to hear from us and the way they want it to be marketing, marketed to, if you will. So their needs have changed, their preferences have changed, and we have to change with it, you're saying. That's what I'm saying, yes. And the increased volatility, that makes a lot of sense. We're still trying to figure out what it all means, you know, um, marketing being a, a both a part art, part science discipline, Uh, you know, so many of us entered marketing and because it's an exciting field, you can see the success um, that we've achieved with the brands that we work with. Uh, What do you think are some of the keys to a successful career in marketing and in the marketing profession today for our listeners that may either be entering or are relatively new to the specialty? 
what what words of wisdom would you like to share with our listeners, Susan? Well, I think if anybody who's entering a marketing career today, first of all, needs to be extremely aware of the consumer marketplace and understand the way it's changing. It's really, I've, I've said this before, but this is key. Um, during, during the pandemic, a lot, of, a lot of people really got wrapped up in their heads because they couldn't go out. They were, they were lock, in lockdown. There was just the, the whole way of conducting life changed. And so when you're in marketing yourself, you can't be that way. I fear that some of the, some of the younger people coming into the business haven't recognized the fact that they must stay abreast of technology because you can't get anywhere unless you understand technology and also aware of the consumer's habits, wants. One of the terms I use in um, helping people that I work with recognize who who their customers are, whether it's business to business or consumer is a day in the life. Mm. So what does, what is your customer doing? They get up in the morning, they have that read the wall street journal and you know, what are they doing during the day? And if you can, if you think through a day in the life of your customer, you can think about and come up with the ways your touch points with them during the day, if you will. Mm. And I think that's, a, a key piece of advice that I would I would pass along to anybody entering the business. I like that. I I love that as a framework for uh, laying out the strategies and the messaging that you might develop in response to those insights. What a nifty idea! Did you trademark that, Susan? <laughs> I think you should. No, I did not. And actually. <laughs> I'm going to tell you who I, whom I learned it from, and uh, it, uh, it's uh, McGee, Will, McGee Williams Ossie, who is now head of Burrell in Chicago. Um, she and Faye uh, Ferguson bought uh, Burrell from Tom Burrell uh, some years back. And in terms of, uh, as those of you who may not know, Burrell is a specialist in uh, African-American marketing. Oh. And I learned that from McGee. Oh, you were you had you had explained the the day in a day in the life as a as a method, and then you were sounded like you were going to go on to another idea for advising young people or entrants. Okay, the the second piece of advice that I would I would uh, share with anybody entering the business is to learn to teach and to mentor. And learning, you have to learn. It doesn't matter if you've been in the business for five months or five years or the number of years I've been in it, which I won't actually mention. (laughs) (laughs) But learning is essential. The business is completely different from when I I joined the business, which which has been in the early 70s. Um, it's not the same. It's not the same world. It's not the same. We're not doing business the same way. 
we didn't even have the World Wide Web until um, was 89, 91, something like that. We didn't even have the World Wide Web until about 1991, thanks to uh, Tim Berners-Lee. And so when that came, that became available to everybody, that was the beginning of online selling and buying. And um, anybody who doesn't stay abreast of the technology is not going to be competitive in the business world. And teach because when you've learned, people who are coming in needs an opportunity to learn. Whatever your experience is, there's always good information and knowledge for people who are entering the business. And mentoring, I consider one of the most important things in any business. Mm -hmm. And I think in in our business, it's it really is very important. I couldn't agree more with you, Susan, Um, not only to be mentored and to have had the good fortune um, to have had good mentors um, in in my career. Uh, I attribute that to uh, one of the most important um, aspects of of becoming um, an expert or subject matter expert and just getting good advice on how to navigate the business world. And so, you know, I think finding a good mentor, several mentors in your life is so, so critical. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, do you have a few that, um, or one or two that that have really stood out to you, you know, not necessarily by name or, or just by, you know, uh, that you yeah. think were very, very impactful for you? Um, in t- I, there are actually, in terms of people that I've mentored, um, there are several who have gone on to uh, pretty to pretty substantial careers. Uh, one of one one of them um, started her career uh, uh, when I at, with us at Maxwell's Road, and uh, ended up being president of Draft. Wow. Um, another another one. Uh, started, joined me at uh, uh, Krill and & Company, and uh, he's now director of marketing at Yale. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's, uh, the, there's lots of, I've, there's a, I have a, I've, there are more. Um, and then the other thing I think that's important is we have stayed in touch with each other over, year, over the years. And I think that's very important both for them and also for me or for, for any of us that are in a mentor, mentoring position, because you there's always, over the years, there's always ways you can help each other. It doesn't mean that once they've gone off to a, to a high-flying high career, that they don't feel that once in a while they'd like to call home, if you know what I mean, <laughs> and uh, speak to somebody who, who they trust and, and uh, you know, get some, get some advice that they know will be as sound as you can make it, and uh, uh, completely objective. That's so nice. And I, I love this three-part advice of learn, teach, and mentor. I, I think it, it will give value to anybody in the industry, and especially Cindy and I, without having heard this great idea from you, have naturally fell, fallen into teaching certainly not necessarily mentoring, but we've both been teaching at at business schools and enjoying it very much. And I'm guessing that um, 
you what you maybe also have benefited from this over the years is that it it's as you learn as much by teaching as you do by studying isn't it fascinating how that works out yes, yes. it really is shall i go yes. ahead absolutely and um that's part of why it's a, it's a pleasure to be associated with WVU and their program, um, their master's programs in integrated marketing communications, data marketing communications, and digital. Um, because, you know, the, the individuals who teach the instructors in the program, we feel we learn from our students equally as much as um, the students feel they learn from uh, the instructors and the instructors are practitioners and and so it's this great collaborative environment that you get with um you know teaching the teacher <laughs> as as i like to say so um i do like that you brought that up susan because sometimes when we're um, earlier in our career um, we think we don't have that much to share yet. You know, maybe we don't feel the confidence that we have, we're still learning. So the idea of teaching, you know, we think doesn't come till we're much later in our career. And, and I'm glad you brought that up. And we should encourage all of our, our marketers that, um, you know, you're never too young or new in your career to teach others what you have to share. And, and I think that that's a great point that you raised, Susan. Don't wait till you're, you know, later in your career to share the observations and understanding and knowledge that you have. Yes, no, I, I agree. I, I think you need to, I think it, it teaching can help you as much as it helps the person that you're teaching. And actually, I just want to share a thought with you. Um, when I was, uh, I, I taught the uh, direct marketing, a campaign planning module of direct marketing uh, principles at uh, DePaul University. It's, it was a direct marketing certificate program. I teach, I taught it for some time actually. And um, one of the, one of the concepts that I introduced there was using live case studies. Mm -hmm. And what we did was we selected nonprofits who could benefit from having, if you will, a free marketing plan. Um, and um, some of the uh, organizations involved were, actually we did Lincoln Park Zoo, we did Navy Pier, uh, we wow. did health organizations, um, and a lot at uh, Health Works, which is an um, organization that taught health information through theater. So we worked with a huge number of, of nonprofits. And the interesting thing was I found that the learning and the help went, went both ways because a lot of the students who worked with the nonprofits as one of their cases, went on to volunteer with the organization and stayed connected with them. So that's another thought. We have these skills. There's lots of ways we can use them um, to help in our community. Susan, I'm so glad you brought up those examples from DePaul University, which demonstrates such a win-win for both sides, actually all three sides, I would say. And thank you so much for sharing with us today the story of your career and 
some of the great lessons that you have learned. We are just thrilled to have you one of our marketing legends. Thank you. Thank you, Susan, for your time. This has been great. Thank you both very much. You've been listening to WVU Marketing Legends, hosted by Ruth Stevens and Cindy Greenglass. The WVU Reed College of Media's online programs is honored to host these amazing guests who have helped make marketing what it is today. Please be sure to visit go.wvu.edu slash mctoday to hear previous discussions, listen to the Marketing Horizon series, subscribe to receive updates, as well as learning more about the renowned WVU Marketing Communications online programs.